Well, I got back to the hotel and my wife, my wife is looking at my legs like, what did you do? Yeah. And, uh, mate, it was, it was, they were, it, they were black. Um, so I thought I'll, I'll never go back to that dojo again, except <laughs> the next day I went back to that dojo. <laughs> Hey guys, and welcome to Karate Over Coffee. A podcast where we chat about everything and anything related to karate and kabuto. I'm Reese Cummings, and I'm here with my friend and colleague, Shane McMahon. Hey guys, and welcome back to Karate Over Coffee. Today we're going to be talking about our experiences in Okinawa. So last time we spoke to James from the Dojo Bar and Bujin TV, so we thought we'd we chat about our experiences in Okinawa. Great. So I think the when last time we chatted, there were lots of experiences and we spoke about them being some fond ones that we have. Mm. Uh, so I think we both have some stories that will be quite interesting. Uh, and, you know, just getting together and, and chatting about those, I think uh, seeing what's similar and what's different is quite fun. So I went to Okinawa the first time in the late 2000s. Uh, I think it was 2009 was the first time that I went and I went then and there was a big seminar on. So my first experience was was seeing that. It wasn't particularly my style seminar. It was like a, a group of, of people getting together and I think there was a tournament attached as well. I didn't participate in it, but I went along and obviously being my first time there, it was uh, this sort of sea of concrete, I guess, mm. around and coming to a very unfamiliar place. At that point in time, I hadn't really done much study of the language either. So it was a little bit daunting. And I think a lot of people can probably uh, relate to that a little bit, turning up and feeling uh, a little bit lost, even though I sort of knew where I was going. But the, the first thing I did when I, when I got out uh, to try and find the dojo that I was going to, uh, I looked around, but I couldn't find it. And I got into a taxi and I gave them the address. And for anyone that's been to Japan before, Okinawa specifically, uh, I don't think the addresses are very um, <laughs> organized, no. right? So he, he didn't know where to go. But then I said the name of the dojo and the name of the instructor and boom, mm. he knew exactly where to go and took me right to the front door. So yeah, I think yeah. that, that's interesting in and of itself. Uh, how did you find your first time when you arrived? Man, I I had a pretty much the same experience. I, I was going to a dojo, and um, I uh, I drove there um, instead of because uh, Okinawa was so so small. It's just it's it, it, I thought it was going to be easier to drive. We both drive on the on the right side. I oh, sorry, on the, on the the left side, the correct side. And uh, anyway, um, so pulled up to this place and looking around, couldn't find any, couldn't find it. I'm looking around, looking around. And I asked a few people, "Hey, do you know where this?" this building is and as soon as i said the dojo oh yeah so so one guy uh, walked me um and another time uh a mum and her kids were in this tiny this van the tiny little van and said oh jump in and we'll, we'll drive you there so, so i'm like okay so I jumped into the van and yeah she took me took me to the dojo didn't know the address just knew the the, the name yeah. of the dojo so yeah very very similar yeah I, I i think that's probably the experience of many people your your sensei says that's fine no worries come over uh the finding <laughs> the dojo will be easy and you think it's going to be but not necessarily and 
2009 is only fairly recent, but even back then, uh, I don't think there were many people that were doing the karate tourism side of things. So there yeah. weren't a lot of people around that you could necessarily ask questions of or many foreigners that were easy to connect with to find that kind of information out. Um, the dojo that I trained at was in uh, Komuji, so, so Komuji, so the uh, district just back off uh, Kuksaidori, the international street. Mm. Um, so it was very close to the centre of Okinawa, very close to the monorail and that kind of thing. Yeah, well, the, uh, the one where the person, where the lady drove me, that was uh, about 40 minutes outside of Kokusaidori or Kokusaidori. Everybody, everybody sort of sits around that. Kokusaidori is like the central part of, um, of Naha or, or the karate part for us. So anything mm -hmm. outside... Like a, anything more than a 10-minute walk, you don't know where you're going half the time. Yeah, I think a lot of Westerners do hang around in that area. And obviously mm. now there's a lot of things around there too. You've got uh, different dojos that are obviously close by. You've got the monorail so you can access everything from there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely the monorail. Uh, as I said last time, every time I jumped onto that monorail, there was always one other karate dude. Mm -hmm. uh, at, at, at least actually when um the first time i came to okinawa um bought a got a plane from from tokyo and um and i was walking walking to my seat in the plane and the guy's wearing a karate shirt i'm like yeah nice so i thought yeah. oh, i'm definitely on the right plane you're gonna find someone somewhere on the former transport that you're going that's doing sort of the same thing that you are especially now there's a, well not right now but uh more recently there's certainly been lots of people around doing that too yeah definitely yeah so um i think our experiences might be a little bit different because you've got a okinawan uh dojo and okinawan um, um ruha style whereas i do i don't my my association is in japan so every time i've gone to okinawa it's always to train with somebody somebody different rather than the than the same dojo each time so um one so i, I want to talk about who i train with specifically because i don't want to make fun of anybody or alienate anybody but the uh, one time i i did go uh i turned up and i thought i was going to be training with with the the guy's son who was roughly my age and uh but he put me with a 55 60 year old guy and i thought oh i didn't really want to train with this guy and mm -hmm. uh, they and then he they called him mr steel or mr iron one of those two i can't remember and we did conditioning and it was like an hour and a half two hours of conditioning man he just he killed me the first mm -hmm. leg legs mate my, my legs were black and blue the next day probably mm -hmm. actually an hour after well i got back to the hotel and my wife my wife is looking at my legs like, what did you do? Yeah. And, uh, mate, it was, it was they, were, it, they were black. Um, so I thought, I'll, I'll never go back to that dojo again, except <laughs> the next day I went back to that dojo. <laughs> to yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. It sounds like a good session. For him, it was. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I think what you said is is really interesting, like uh, with karate and the people that do it, you can sort of be, I guess, unexpecting, you know, no matter the age or that kind of thing. Generally, yes. they're in good health regardless. Uh, so karate only adds to that. But I think I've got two stories about people that I didn't expect, I guess, to be karate or kobudoka. 
One was at the Royal Gardens, uh, Shikina N. And I was going through, and I think most people would be familiar with that garden, but I was going through and I was having a look. But when you come in that main entry, uh, there's some old style huts, some guard huts and that kind of thing. Mm. And they talk about stories of people like uh, uh, Matsumura and that kind of thing living there or, or, or people that are connected somehow to the karate tradition. And I was looking quite, I guess, comprehensively or for a long time at those areas. And uh, uh, one of the gardeners comes over and he goes, oh, what are you looking at? And I go, oh, I'm looking at the hut. And he goes, why are you interested in that? And I said, oh, well, I'm interested in it because it's got a connection to karate. Mm -hmm. And he said, oh, okay, uh, what ruha do you do? And I said, oh, I do Matsubashi Ru. And he goes, oh, me too. Uh, and I went, oh, okay. Uh, and he goes, yeah, I, I train here and I'm an eight star. And I said, oh, okay. <laughs> and, yeah. and then I spent probably half an hour to an hour just talking with him about his training experiences and his mm. history uh, and everything like that. And, and he gave me some really cool insights into the area and perhaps some things that uh, was maybe sort of verbal transmissions or stories that he'd heard from his sensei and that kind of thing. And, and, and that was really cool and really interesting. You know, you didn't have to go to the dojo to necessarily meet someone and learn. And that, that, that's everywhere. I, you know, I yeah, just yeah, think sure. because people, I don't think every Okinawa knows everything about karate, certainly, but uh, there are obviously just more people around practicing mm. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stay tuned for the next part where Reese and I talk about Okinawa. Thanks for listening, guys. And if you'd like more information, check us out at karateovercoffee.com. Or have a look at wherever you listen to your podcast, whether it be on Spotify, iTunes, on the website or online. And I look forward to grabbing a coffee with you next time.